0: Hey guys, um welcome to Shari Khun This is cool. Um So we're in the introduction right now. It's a very long here today, so I'm just gonna kind of go through it inside. Um but yeah, this is this is the introduction. We're yeah, this is the introduction. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Okay, so it's called Khenilh Katan, the Kutya Maram, Khelaq Shane, and a Katan. Um this is the Kutia part two. Um, and this is called chenoch katan. Um, so why is it called chenoch katan? It's I'm not fully sure, honestly. I think that um, I think that we're gonna understand. I think that the initial question of the introduction is about chenoch of children, which is very interesting. It's the first time you ever hear about gentle parenting in Hasidus. Um And I'm curious as we go through this to understand more about why it's called chenoch katan. But for now, it's called chenoch Look at the piece and piece Um but I'm pretty sure just by the way the introduction is called Chanukat, not the entire Shira Chedemina. But anyways, look at the piece Sfarim um, and piece This is compiled from sacred books and from the holy souls who's resting in, in, in Gan Eden. It's called. These are the was of about the, of the and the Magid, and essentially the altar is saying here, like I'm not making this stuff up, like this stuff is sourced. <laughs> like I'm not just telling you guys this. Like this is coming from somewhere. This is then the foundation of the entire going forwards is all founded on the on the first paragraph of Kriya Shema, which includes Shema Yisrael and barach Shem And we're going to see that the entire We're not going to talk about this today, but the entire is based on these two psukim and what they represent what does it actually mean that Hashem is one if Hashem is actually one then how is there a world but if there's a world then how does how is Hashem actually one like kind of we're going to be navigating this whole journey from the perspective of which is there's a world and Hashem is one with it and from the perspective of which is there is literally only God and then from that perspective it's how is there a world and we're gonna we're gonna get into everything and I'm, it's just it, it's very exciting because to me like these conversations lead to actually being able to feel like you know like this yiddish kind of thing that we're doing and like this purpose of our lives of like any tikkun that we're doing any journey that we're on any like we talked about yesterday to see of like any package that we're choosing that we're engaging with like none of it's random or the perspective of this from from when you really like really like integrate with Everything becomes part of something, you know, and what is that something? Hashem. Um, but anyways, let's just stay inside because again, this is very long. Okay, so So now we're gonna we're gonna ask a question. al yam kiyaskin, like yes, So there's a Pasuk. I believe it's from uh, I'm not sure. Proverbs. I always forget what the Hebrew of these things are, but anyways. That you should educate a child according to his way, even as he grows old, he will not depart from it. Hine. So this is, like I said, this is the first mention of gentle parenting. Like, educate a child according to his way, right? His way, which means that whatever his way is, educate him according to that way. But if you're educating him according to his way, then it's possible that his way isn't the truth. If And if so, my my l'yuza shegam gilazken mena. What is the value and merit and like good good thing that he's not going to depart from it if you're not even educating him with the truth? Like if you're giving your child something that's his way and you're educating him according to his way, but his way isn't MS, then who cares that he's not going to depart from it? It's not even MS. So we're going to take that question and leave it for now. We're not even going to address it at all more today, but it's a very interesting question and to be discussed later on in this introduction. So we know that there is, we're basically going to explore now another topic, and then we're going to see later how it loops back to understand the answer to that question. So we know that the two foundations of all of Yiddishkeit, of all of our service of God, essentially when we say our divine service, we are literally saying the foundations of our mission in this world, of our purpose of being alive, is love and fear of Hashem. Fear leads to Mitzvah's Ava leads to Mitzvah's and essentially, um, essentially, yeah, fear and love, without fear, uh, Yura, as we said in the last chapters, like in like, Yer is essentially, like, us saying, like, Hashem is actually real. And love is saying, I want to have something to do with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, of course, those are the foundations of our divine service. Without those emotional experiences, we're just, we're not even engaged. Um, Just notice here, um, it says, Bar as will be explained in their proper place. And that that's like saying, in the future. But really, we already talked about this. When did we talk about this? We talked about this in the first part of Tanya, in the first 53 Prakim, about how, you know, fear and love encapsulate all the mitzvahs and all that stuff. And the rabbi points out, or somebody points out, that this is showing that in that the altar rabbi, when he first wrote Tanya, wrote, Sharia HaDemunah to come first, but then switched it, that Lakutai Amarim should come first. And I, I'm not sure exactly why, but I was just thinking, like, I kind of get why. Like, I think... Imagine, I'm like imagining if I was learning Shari without learning the first part of Marim. and like it's kind of like that thing we talk about a lot at the beginning like you know to be like the altar gave us the tool in the first part of Tanya of being able to look at ourselves and kind of say that the paradigm through which I'm seeing the world right now might not be the only reality like that was the gift one of the gifts that we gained through hearing that we have two souls, that we could use our mind to control our heart. All these things are essentially teaching us and showing us that like the way that I see life right now isn't necessarily the only reality. There might be more than meets the eye here. There might be more than my natural baseline perception. And I was imagining if we were getting into of HaVemunah and just be like, oh yeah, guess what? God is actually everything. We would just be like, what? Like, no, no, he's not. And I'm not part of that. And like, we wouldn't have the tools to question our own baseline thoughts to get into more of like an inquiry, curious, chachma-based exploration of like, wait a second, maybe there is more happening here. And like, literally the fact that the first part of Tanya came first is we have now the tools to be able to go into Shariah HaVemunah with a foundation of chachma, with a foundation of open, curious, curiosity, open-hearted, like... What am I going to find here? I'm curious, you know, versus like, no, the way that I see things is the way they are. Um, so just was thinking about that. So, like, I get why the altar put, sorry, um, look at the Amorim first. So, also, is also one of the mitzvahs that come from love. So, now we're, we're basically have like three components here. So, we said, number one, we have this question about Chanach and our Number two, we said, all of Avadah Hashem is based on love and fear. And now for the rest of today's Tanya, we're going to talk about what does that mean, that time, that, that about love. What, are we, what do we mean by love? This, by the way, this is a little bit choppy, <laughs> but I think it's going to all come together later. But in this specific day of Tanya, it's all choppy. Concerning this love of Hashem, it's written that I should I command you to do to love Hashem. We have to understand. How could you use the expression of love for an emotion that's inside of your heart? Excellent question, Alter Rebbe. How could Hashem command us to love? You can't command something, somebody to feel something. We already know that from the beginning of Tanya. Also, like you can't say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna force myself to feel this." Feeling isn't, it, it doesn't work like that. It reminds me of like Tevya, like in Fiddler on the Roof, like when she's like, "Do you love me?" And he's like, "Oh, I do all these things for you." And she's like, "No, but do you love me?" And it's like I, he's like, "I do all these things for you." And it's like doing and loving are two separate categories, you know. So how could Hashem command us to do love? The explanation is that there's actually two levels of love of God. This is going to be a bit repetitive to a lot of what we said in the beginning of Tanya, so just let's flow with this. The first is a natural yearning for a soul to cleave to its creator. is <laughs> Nefesh. How does this happen? This happens when the rational soul comes over the body and literally, in a sense, like subjugates it and subdues it. Because what happens is the rational soul, the, the rational soul, of me, the intellectual part of me, starts screaming and just starts saying, like, God is all there is, God is all there is, God is all there is. I'm so sure that God is all there is. And what happens naturally is that all the parts of me that were until now opposing that truth just kind of are like, uh. Oh. Okay, and then what happens next? Then the soul flares ablaze with a flame that ascends of its own accord, meaning you can't force this kind of love. It It's natural. We, we're saying two things we're saying it's natural and that it kind of jumps up on its own because you can't cause this to happen. If you're causing this to happen, it isn't klesa This This experience can only happen when the intellectual soul is just so sure you're just so sure that this is your lover that you kind of just can't nothing you like nothing can control you from expressing that love. And you're having this rejoicing and exaltation and delight with Hashem. But the people who merit this joyous state of love, they are called tzadikim And it is written, rejoice in Hashem, for your tzadikim, only a tzadik can experience this because Essentially what we're saying is that it's such a deep place of knowing that God is really all there is, that even my body agrees. That's in this state, that there's nothing standing in the way of that deep knowing. My entire body is sure of it too. But for a Benani, we don't necessarily have that ability to let our entire body be involved. There are moments, you know, we we could have moments like this. But overall, we, we, we don't live in this state because... Yet not every person is privileged to attain the state. So because for this, you need to really like refine your body. And what does it mean refining your body? Refining your body means that you have to teach your body that it too is one with Hashem. If If my intellectual soul is coming to my body and saying, everything is God, but my body hasn't yet learned hasn't yet learned that it's not just like a separate scared alone you know creature walking through reality then it's not going to agree and it's going to say uh i don't think so (laughs) you know but when we refine our body by refining our body it means that we reveal that our body too is part of the connectedness part of the unity then we can then we could access the state of Nishama. Of neshama, which we can access the state of neshama, which is even higher than ruach nefesh. Neshama is the state of intellect of our soul, right? Ruach is emotion, nefesh is action. At revealing the state of nefesh of neshama is revealing the that that deep knowing inside of me, where it's not only like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm one with Hashem. It's I know I'm one with Hashem. I know I'm not random. I know that my life is literally divine manifestation and beauty like i know it but the reason why that doesn't happen for us the reason why that doesn't happen for Abedini is because my body isn't on board my intellectual soul knows it but my intellectual soul tells my tells my body and my body's just like nope i feel lonely i feel disconnected i feel afraid i feel all these different things you know and it's in, like like whatever just if you want to think about it this way like somatic work and like attachment theory and like all these things like you get why this stuff works you know what i mean because essentially what those things are doing is they're teaching your body <clears throat> that it too isn't separate that it isn't alone that it isn't just like a fragment of the purpose of life you know like it's it's one with the it's one with the oneness of everything it really absolutely is and when our bodies can catch up, and Al says here, when literally through refining our body and through Tara mitzvahs, tar mitzvahs, literally teach the body that Hashem is here too. When I light Shabbos candles and I'm engaging with my body, and I'm literally saying, in this moment, Hashem is filling my entire self, <clears throat> including the hands that are, you know, lighting candles and, and the face that's being covered by my warm hands. And like, it's a full body experience where. In that moment, I'm literally teaching my body that Hashem is within the me that I'm experiencing. Tanya, for the you that you are, okay. V'hashenis, what is the second kind of love? Because this kind is only for tzaddikim and for a binyan that kind of does this work and who can merit this at specific, at, at specific times. <coughs> Excuse me. V'hashenis he avashakol adam elaha. The second level is a love which every person can attain, no matter when, no matter what. And we're going to listen to two categories. But the first category is, and we already talked about this in the first part of Tanya, but just am re- I was repeating it, or saying it for the first time, I guess. <laughs> when you arouse in your own heart and in the depths of your soul the things that arouse love for God in every single Jew. What are these things? That... The first one is literally that he is my life. Which like a person loves his own self and his own life. He's going to love Hashem when he realizes that Hashem is his life. You're, my soul, I desire you. Who is my soul? My soul is God. And we're literally saying, Hashem, I desire you because you are my soul. What's another way of kind of revealing this love of God in our our souls? When a person thinks about and meditates on the greatness of God in a specific way, that he's literally seeing God in the details of creations, and he lets all of that wonder of God extend to the fullness of his intellect, and also to beyond his intellect, and what Altbach is saying there is very interesting, is that <clears throat> you could understand God to the extent of your intellect, but then you can also understand God past that point. And how could you understand God? How could you like engage with understanding God past the point of your intellect? Because you could realize all that you do not understand. Like you can get to the point when you when you realize like. I understand this much, and then all that's left, you're understanding that you don't understand. And that's part of the Gdullah Hashem. <clears throat> when you realize the extent to which is impossible for me to understand, you're understanding how much there is that I cannot understand. <laughs> so that's Kashar Yuchal's And then after that, what's going to happen is, He will contemplate not only. Hashem's greatness, but how Hashem actually loves us. Larry the Mitzraim how he came to Mitzraim, Laitia Mikur, ha'barzel, Shua Sitra Akhar, how he came to Egypt to this place that we were in the depths of Klipa and Akhar, the depths of places of us saying, Hashem is not here. Literally, Hashem is not here. And Hashem came there to us, the Karvenu love Ladab Kina Bishma Mamish. And Hashem brought us to him and united us with his very name. To the extent that now when I look in the mirror, I'm not just a person. I am Shem Havaya. We at Matantara what happened is literally It's became permeated inside of the people that we were. Literally. We all heard Hashem. Ime Hashem spoke to me. I I heard Hashem's voice speak through me and through the to the physical experience of the self that I was experiencing in that moment. And that's what was happening at Matantara. Hashem literally took people that said I don't even know you God I don't even want you God I'm not even and Hashem said you are going to be able to see about yourself the truth that you actually are which is that you're one with me which is the truth that you're part of the unity of love and like and I and I keep thinking like especially because of all the pain of the past few days and stuff like who cares (laughs) you know like I don't know my mind just keeps going there like who cares that we're one with Hashem and one of the things that's just coming up, but I'm still letting myself, like, do Tanya and learn Tanya and kind of engage with this because I, I don't know, like, Hashem is real, you know, but, and but it's not mutually exclusive, like, <clears throat> there could be pain and this could be real, it's two things, this, it's, you know, it's, it's not, like, misha asked Hashem, why are you doing bad things, the Rebbe asked Hashem, why are you doing bad things, you know, but about, like, that emotional experience of, like, Hashem, I don't even want to be with, with you because you're mean, <laughs> Like, I just keep kind of coming back to this point inside of my gut that just says, like, but I do. Like, Hashem, I do want to be with you. Like, I just do. And I can't explain why, and I can't... Even when I don't want you, I want you. Like, even when I'm mad at you, I want you. Like, you know? It's just wild. Um, And I don't know, maybe it comes back to kind of like you know you see that in in physical realm too but physical is represent is a reflection of the spiritual and like you see babies who like whose parents have just hurt them so much and like still all they want is their parent all and they'll rationalize all the reasons why they are just bad and and smelly and you know all these things because they need to know that their parents love them because they need to be connected with their parents and it's like what if we can have relationships with Hashem that are kind of not founded on trauma and instead kind of realize that I can trust that Hashem is holding me you know even without like rationalizing why he hasn't always seemed like he has seemed like he has like I don't know if that makes any sense but I don't know. My point is, is that I think it's possible to have a healthy relationship with Hashem. I'm not entirely sure how to do it, <laughs> but I do think it's possible. And that's one of the things that I was going to say at the end of today's Tanya, but I'm just going to say it now because I'm in this flow now. But like, whatever questions that you have, whoever is listening to this, and I'm talking to myself too, like, whatever questions you have about Hashem as we're going to be journeying into Sharia Charaimuna, I just bless you that you take them with you. Like, don't leave them behind because. Real relationships are when we don't leave parts of us behind and essentially what we're saying, we're going into a journey right now when we're, where we're talking about that Hashem is one with everything and that's, that's where we're going. And so if we're saying that the only way that I can learn this, this book and, and learn this Hasidus is if I leave the parts of me that have the, the questions about this behind, we're not getting it right. Bring your questions with you. Bring your doubts with you. Bring your fears. Bring your anger. Bring your sadness. Bring, bring everything with you because that's where we're going. We're going into a relationship or we're trying to go into a relationship where there is nothing that's left behind. Nothing left behind. So, yeah, just I bless you. Like, you don't need to leave your questions behind. Write them down, put them inside of your Tanya, and like. You know, let them let them be present with you throughout this journey. Okay, that being said, just continue finish reading this inside. <laughs> oh, I forgot one sentence before. <speaking in Hebrew> that Hashem united with us with His name, and Him and His name are one. And essentially, what we're saying is that atmat <speaking in> entire <Hebrew> Hashem took us and made us one with Him in a way that we're actually able to access. And then when we notice that, then literally, my, I will realize how much Hashem loved me. Right? You raised me up. You, you brought me into your lap, like literally. And what's gonna, the response is that my love will then be reciprocated back to Hashem. And love will be aroused in the heart of everybody who contemplates on this. In the depths of his heart, and you're to love God with an intense love and to cleave to him with heart and soul, as we explained, in its proper place. So, yeah, that's the end of today, Tanya. Just noticing that I know I just said this, but I'm just gonna say it again. I bless us all to bring our questions with us. You know, this is the first page of the introduction, you know. And I'm already filled with questions, filled with like, not only questions, intellectual questions, emotional questions of like, Hashem, how could you be one with everything? And I still, you know, have this kind of experience in my life or how, like, how could I rationalize all this together? You know, the pain and the good and the love and the hurt and all of it. And I think that what I'm just realizing I'm blessing myself with is that I don't have to answer all the questions today, but what I do have to do is I don't don't have to do anything. What I do have the opportunity to do is to let myself journey through this journey of Tanya, of Sharia Chabaluna, in a way of Chachma, which I've already learned how to do from the beginning of Tanya. And Chachma is literally Kayachma. What is it? Curiosity, open-heartedness, but not only open-heartedness for what I'm about to experience, open-heartedness towards all that I currently am also, towards all the questions I have, all the doubts, all the fears, everything. Because, again, if we're going towards unity, we can't leave things behind. So, l'chaim, Lavracha And, yeah, I'm excited for this journey. I think, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come from this, honestly. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited. So, l'chaim, Lavracha.